All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Strongman Winter Circle Podcast. Um, I'm running solo today. I'm Nicholas Camby, and this is episode 30. This is Meet the 90s, Kilo Men. So thanks for all the listeners so so far. So we've had 30 episodes, so thank you for getting us to this point. But the work is not done yet, so don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, notification bell, and the latest episodes in Strongman content. So check those out. But today... We got three special guests. So, of course, all the podium from the class of the 90s that was hosted um, about 10 days ago, just just about now. Um, but the first introduction, first up, he won the bronze medal. And at his first ever, at the first ever class of the 90s, he's also won a 90 kilo USS National Championship this past year. And he also podium at SEO World's 90 kilo. He is Tyler Davis. All right. Alabama Hammer. <laughs> Thank uh, you for that introduction, Cammy. Next is the runner-up from the uh, from the show. Last year, he was also runner-up at World's Strongest Man, 90 Kilo. He is Nick O'Hare. What's up, everybody? And then lastly, we have the first ever class champion at 90 Kilos, and he's also the record holder in the Axle Press Clean and Jerk at 368 pounds, and he is CJ Pierce. How's it going, guys? It's great to be here. I'm not going to flex because the Alabama Hammer is going to put me to shame. Ooh. No, I don't think so. <laughs> now you guys, you guys been pumping up the biceps since after the contest. Just uh, I let, today was late I day. my biceps grow, so I don't, I don't have to do much for bicep work, man. <laughs> I swear, my legs don't grow, but my biceps grow no matter what I do. I got impressive forearms. I don't know about bicep. <laughs> now, how much time do you guys give yourselves before you start hitting the gym? Did you guys wait a few, wait a week, a few days? That Monday? I was back Monday. I started doing strict presses Monday. Oh, hell yeah. Well, I, I, took, weaknesses. I took off Tuesday, did a lot of walking Tuesday, just recovery stuff. Um, and then I started back up on uh Tuesday or I started back up on Tuesday and lots of squats, lots of lightweight stuff, getting the blood flowing, getting things moving again. And just spent the week kind of getting things flowing and getting comfortable again to start OSG prep. Oh, all right. Uh, so I guess I we all did we all did something a little different. I waited. Uh, my coach made me take off a week. So um, after a competition, we usually take off a whole week. I'll do like some kind of like the stuff you would do in like a deload, like little stretches and, you know, push ups, like little stuff uh, to re- like recovery work, biking. I did that the week after and I started back just this last Monday. So. Is your um, is your, is your coach Tyler Young? Uh, no, that's uh, Nick's coach. Oh, Nick's. Sorry, um, I was confused. Yeah, my coach is Chris Jackio. Oh, all right, all right, interesting. But of course, I always fan when they introduce it deloads. And then we're also twelve weeks out from OSG, which is very exciting. Uh, Nick, I imagine you're doing it. Uh, Tyler, you, you hopping in as well? Yeah, uh, if you know if everything goes well at World's Ultimate Strongman on October 9th, and I feel good and healthy and strong, I'll have just a few short weeks to train and get ready for OSG. But I plan on doing both. So it's been a busy year for me because I did nationals. I did clash, which I consider a world championship type event. Mm-hmm. Then I got world's ultimate strongman, which is a world championship. And then OSG, which is a world championship. So all of that in like four months. My coach thinks I'm crazy. He's like, I, I don't, I don't condone this, you know, <laughs> but I was like, but all of, that's all the competitions I want to do. It's like, I'm there. You know? So <laughs> But committed. Uh, CJ, are you doing OSG? Yeah. Are you planning on it? Uh, no, I'm getting married in November. So like, I'm, all my focus is on, you know, getting all that stuff set up. Uh, but after that, I'm going to do uh, Clash in Jersey again, try to redeem myself after last year. And 
Yeah, so just training hard up until February. All right, so so you knocked out some future plans ahead of, of course, a little head on schedule. But of course, let's rewind a little bit. Let's talk about this Clash '90s. Of course, the first pro show. Um, so overall, of course, you, get, you can go like a little bit around the circle, a little around the horn. But um, how did training go in terms of expectations? Did you did you guys feel your training went well, or was it you guys ups and downs? But yeah, tell us going, heading into this past contest. I'll, I'll take the start on this one, guys. Um, I I had. Uh wanted to do national or USS nationals at a higher weight class. And about eight weeks prior, I actually uh, had an old fall from early in the year, uh, injure my knee. And I was literally on crutches and in a wheelchair for a couple of days while I was in new Orleans on vacation. And uh, I mended that up and I still felt good enough to do uh, nationals. And I training with with that went really well. And it just kind of fed into or to uh, clash and training leading up to clash just got better and better. As I went, I just kept feeling better. I mean, three weeks out, I was just feeling, okay, I'm not peaked yet and I'm feeling really good. So I'm really excited where I'm going. My grip's not going to get any better, any sooner, any faster. I'm going to try my best. But um, outside of that, I mean, I was, I was very happy with how I went into it. I didn't go in with any injuries. I came out with no injuries. I recovered well. The day went as well as I could have asked it to as far as just the pace and handling it. So I, I was very happy with my prep. Um, Coach Tyler Young knows that he has to do more holding me back than uh, anything because I am an overtrainer. I love to train. I'm a CrossFitter. I'm an endurance guy. I have a, a, a vast background in endurance stuff. So I like to push. I like to do pre-exhaust work before I do any of my training. So does, does he, uh, Tyler he ever uh, schedule a lot of one rep maxes for you? No, I, I never, I, I, I almost never max. I, I hardly ever max. The only time I've ever maxed is in competition. And I still don't think I've hit my PR. I want full one rep maxes. Um, so no, I, I have, I don't even know what any of my one rep maxes are on most lists. Interesting. Yeah. I was just curious because of course, if we see Tyler's training, right. It's a, it's always in the past. I think lately he's been toning it down, but sometimes he's in the past. He's always, I don't know how many times he wants to miss 400 pound, a 400 pound log, but he likes, he likes the max. Um, I saw that one, that one time he, uh, it looked really scary. Wasn't that Tyler Young where he, he goes over yeah. and it looked, it looked like, Hot. yeah, his, uh, maybe his wrist wrap called it or something. And everybody thought he ripped an arm off, <laughs> but he was unhurt, right? It made, uns, yeah. Unscathed, right? He had surprising good flexibility there. Um, <laughs> I think that's kind of what saved yeah. him. Although if it was someone that was a little more, uh, a little more tighter. Um, that one worked. I think the short arms helped. <laughs> the short, <laughs> short stature. All right. Enough about Tyler Young. Uh, Nick, anything else you want to mention? No, I, I just, again, very, very satisfied with the prep. Um, I, I went into it and every, everything that I expected to happen, happened. Um, I did well on the events that I knew I would do well on. I did just, I left a little bit on the table on the, the presses, the, the, uh, the frame, was a Hail Mary and I was hoping that I could do better. I was hoping for a friendly grip situation on the frame. I had it would had it been, I would have probably done better, but so would everybody else. So um all in all, I'm I'm very satisfied with my prep. And hopefully I honestly what this put me in a place going into OSG in a really good place to be ready for that. And now I know what I need to focus on. And I, I'm super excited going forward. Excellent. Um but here, Tyler, take it away in terms of uh, yeah. um, prep and thoughts. Well, you know, I had nationals just like uh, Nick O'Hare had at the end of June. 
And um, after I, I won that, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but I actually, yeah. of course, I saw both of you guys at that nationals. Of course, Nick, you're going 242, which was 42 pounds over the weight class you just competed. But um, yeah. I, I actually caught, I think I'm pretty sure I caught COVID from that nationals. I'm not sure if you guys. Yeah, that's, that's actually what I was about to get into, Nick. <laughs> yeah, so. So I had to do the water cut. I think, you know, also when you do water cut, your immune system, I'm sure it takes a little bit of a hit because I lost, what, 17 pounds, then go in, and then I'm in a crowd of 800 people, however many hundred people. And so, um, yeah, after nationals, I came home, and my nose started running. I felt like I had allergies, and I had just a horrible head cold, and I couldn't hear out of my ears, and my joints were hurting for about three weeks. So, um, so in training, I would just, uh, my coach gave me the program to get ready for clash. I just kind of had to tone it down a little bit, but, um, luckily it never got in my lungs and uh, my cardio wasn't affected. So I was able to kind of do the work. I just had to be kind of gentle on uh, just my joints didn't feel good. Um, but that went away about two weeks out from clash and I started feeling better than I've ever felt. So I still think I went into clash and the strongest I've ever been. Um, but yeah, it was a little inconvenience uh, with that. I never tested positive though. I, t- I tested myself twice and I wasn't positive for COVID, but you know, it, it, I, n- I never had a cold the last three weeks. So. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure if you guys have come out of COVID and tried tra- training again, but that, at first, my first deadlifting session back was all, yeah. it was, I was sucking wind. I was like, I'm really out of shape. And Anthony came up to me or I was telling Anthony and he, he was like trying to scare me. I was, I was sure if he tried to scare me. He's like, just like watch out the, for the rapid uh, strength loss. I'm like, I'm like, get out of here with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, then my performance in the competition, um, I thought I hit pretty much everything I thought I would. Um, I, 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 if I could have got one more dumbbell, I, that might've got me second place overall. I, I needed three dumbbells and I was really close. But I agreed with the judge's call. It wasn't a it wasn't a good lockout. Um, so it was a good no call, no rep. Um, I got two instead of three. Um, I just haven't spent enough time training dumbbell. You know, so very technical lifts. So, um, I'm still I'm still fairly newer to strongman. I guess I'm three years, eight months. So I think CJ is the youngest, but I guess I'm the youngest uh, as far as years, tenure, and strongman training age. Yeah. <laughs> So, so te- actually, that was, um, of course, a question down the line. But when did when did you originally get started, Tyler, in strongman? Uh, so, 2019. Um, and I got some interesting. So, I, I watched the Colin Bryce interview you did, which was excellent. Uh, you know, I know Anthony kind of took took a lot of the uh, sound bites, didn't he? <laughs> but that. that was, yeah, yeah, uh, that was a really good uh, show. And um, one of the things he talked about was, you know, building like uh, building up, I guess. A part of the show like rivalries having characters and stuff so uh, in 2019 i went to nationals uh came in second because cj here beat me <laughs> and then the next year i go to nationals uh uss nationals and nick beat me <laughs> and then i go to clash and then both of them finished ahead of me so i would have two more national wins and a clash win it weren't for these two guys, but <laughs> in the way. But I, but I, I, I still love them. It makes it makes what we do legitimate. Because if I were to win that, you know, it would, would be well. This is too easy. But these two guys make me legitimate. Because now, if I win, I really feel like I did something. So, um, so I'm, I'm glad they're here. Yeah. All right, interesting. So here, staying on this uh, the starting kind of topic, Nick. When did you get started in strongman? And then CJ, when did you get started? Uh, I got started in 2017 on a whim. Um, 
a week out from a competition, a friend said you should try it. And I literally tested all the lifts, comp weight lifts that week and went and opened class 198, my first competition in place, third place. So that led from there. And then I realized I had to drop weight and uh, CJ will tell you that, but we ended up competing together both at 82 and a half kilo nationals. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize that until we kind of joked about 2019 when we were, we were in that and we were in it together. Come to find out three of the clash nineties were all in 2019 nationals at 82 and a half kilos. So we came from a lighter class and then kind of came back up. So 2017 yeah. was my starting year. I'm currently 38 years old. I'll be 39 in September. All right. How about yourself, CJ? Yeah, so I started. Uh, I started strongman. I want the same year Nick. I think 2017 is when I started. Um, I came from weightlifting, uh, and then I went from weightlifting to powerlifting. Um, and yeah, just like Nick, you know, I started as a 181. I actually used to be 250 uh, in high school. I played football, so I was 250. I was a big guy. Um, cut down in about four months to 165 pounds. Um, and then started lifting for strength. Um, and then eventually I kind of did the same thing Nick did. I stumbled into Strongman. Uh, I was just kind of looking on Strongman Corporation's website, found a meet in California that seemed like I might be able to do some of the weights. Uh, I did absolutely horrible. Uh, I think I zeroed three events. Uh, but yeah, now I'm on a year, was that year five now? And I just, I love it. So yeah. And I'm 28 years old. Interesting, but yeah, all, all kind of like kind of later, kind of later in the scene. But of course, I'm always pretty interested in that, um, especially how, how fast the ramp up, right? Sometimes guys will need kind of like five years to kind of really mature. Some guys have done it pretty quick, like someone like yeah. Anthony got his pro card within like two and a half years. When, the, like, if you kind of consider like the pro card system within the 105, so I was interested in some of those stats. But like, we talked about to Martinez recently, and he took 11 years from when he started strongman and when he won world's strongest man. So it's, a, it's always pretty interesting in terms of trajectories and then the years in the sport and the training time. Uh, but we, but to get back on focus, we were talking, uh, Tyler, you're kind of, you're kind of finishing up in terms of your prep, your thoughts. Oh, the events. Um, well, then I think I went on to some of the events and um, I was really happy with the frame carry. Honestly, I didn't train the frame carry uh, leading up much to clash. My coach had written it in, but it just felt so bad. <laughs> My, the way my joints are feeling and, and picking up that heavy frame and training, I just didn't like it. So I just actually didn't even train frame carry much um, leading up. Uh, I was really happy with my frame carry. Uh, that was the only event that I won um, yeah, amongst all the guys. And to beat CJ, I feel like CJ's uh, one of the best in the world at that event. So that's like a, a feather in my hat that, uh, you know, maybe I'm a pretty good frame carrier too, you know. <laughs> um, then uh, also finishing one rep behind CJ on the press event. So that's my, my second, I guess, highlight uh, of the day. Um, CJ has gotten better at deadlift. I thought maybe I would get second on that. Um, but the clash format is so tough. My heart was still pounding hard from the uh, sandbag medley, the yoke. And we got to carry the three sandbags. I sat down and I put my arms up and I'm breathing, trying to catch my breath. And um, they say, all right, you know, we got about eight minutes or 10 minutes and we're doing the, the deadlifts. And I'm like, and I'm trying to get my heart rate down. And by the time I go, my heart's still beating hard. I'm like, how am I going to pull all these deadlifts? And I still got eight, which wasn't too bad. I, I think I got about 10 or 11 in training. But, you know, considering how my heart was still beating pretty hard and had the fast pace of the show, uh, I'm, I'm still happy with that. I think that was third. I, I never finished worse than fourth uh, throughout the day. So it was a good average for me. Oh yeah. Consistent. Uh, 
but how did you guys did you guys enjoy the overall the, the pace of the show would you would you like it a little longer breaks or what's what we feel do it again I actually i i personally loved it i think it was awesome doing it super quick um and that was actually the least sore i've ever been after a competition like the next day i actually felt really good um so i i really like that two-hour format and watching the live stream it looked just it looked awesome yeah um, uh, did you guys so, any all any any part of your training did you guys incorporate that like i'm gonna do four four events within two hours three events within an hour and a half try to mimic that so that's that's yeah. basically my training on the regular i'm again a cardio background or an endurance background that's how i train again tyler hold me back but um that for me I, I kept calling it the seventh event i felt like that was my to my benefit i my endurance yeah. training i was ready although i did leave a lot of reps on the table on the deadlifts which i i ended up winning but i really anticipated i was going to go 20 reps on that and as tyler had said about the feeling on that that uh medley prior to that I, the strength was there i was plenty strong enough i just had mm-hmm. no breath left in me to like breathe so i couldn't I couldn't, fortunately, I didn't need to keep pulling reps and I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad that kind of worked out that way. But as for the pace, that was awesome. I, I would do that over and over and over again. It's it's in my wheelhouse. I can still uh, access a lot of strength. And I talked with coach and we talked about fatigue management the whole time. Like I, I pounded fatigue management, how to recuperate so I can get right back into the next lift again. And so I spent a lot of time with that, kind of set my own self up in, a, in my own spot. Um, in the laydown area there, and and I utilize that time to just calm my heart rate, get ready for the next event, get set, and then go. And I, I actually really enjoyed it. And I, and I think um, as as strongman athletes, I think the two things maybe we we care about most is you know you don't want you want to avoid injuries, so no events that are going to cause you to get injured. Now, I like the fast pace because I feel like you never get cold. You know, you're always warm. You're ready for the next event. Um, and then the other thing is we want to put on a good show. We want to have fans. We want our family to enjoy watching it, our friends, and we want the sport to grow. And so I think the fast pace, it achieves both of those things. So, so I, I liked it. No, is that, is that motivating for you guys? Like, like, like I'm putting on, putting on the show, just moving mm-hmm. fast, like getting through it? Yeah, you know, uh, when the second event came up, the, the, that yoke sandbag medley was what I was looking least forward to the entire day. <laughs> Love that one. Yeah, so I, you're, I you're up, normal. <laughs> I woke up at 7 a.m. and just thought, damn, in a couple hours, I have to do that yoke sandbag medley. <laughs> that was like my first thought while I got out of bed. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I really enjoyed the format. Once once the yoke sandbag was over, it was pretty smooth sailing the rest of the day. Oh, that's excellent. But, yeah, let's, 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 let's keep it on you. Let's keep it on the champ. So tell us about your prep. How did you feel the prep and leading into the contest? Yeah, you know, so it went pretty well. Once uh, once July rolled around, I really felt like it went well. Uh, June, I was going through uh, some life stuff, so I was moving. Um, pretty much all of May and June, I was traveling about 12 hours a weekend. Um, so that kind of – I started to get, like, trucker's hip, which is the first time that's ever happened in my life where my hip, like – I started to get, like, some weird hip impingement. But then once I was full-time in my – in Tucson in uh, July, everything was awesome. Um, my deadlift coach, CJ Krause, he did a great job with me. I started the prep, I think, pulling that deadlift for two reps. And I think I pulled 10 of the competition. Wow. Um, and I pulled, I think I pulled from 13 once during the entire prep. Um, so he really did a good job with me. He addressed my weaknesses. Um, so overall, I think the show went pretty much how I, how my training went. It went pretty much in line. Uh, the overhead ladder, I didn't do quite as well as I thought I would have on. Uh, so that was a little disappointing, but 
Um, everything else I think went really well. Um, yeah, Tyler got me on the frame carry, uh, which Tyler, I agree with you, dude. You are world-class in that event. You were fast, man. Uh, yes. <laughs> that turn, that turn was fast, man. He got you on the turn. That that's, what, fast. that's what my coach, uh, my coach always emphasizes on the yoke or a frame. You should spit around. Don't waste any time and repick it and head back. You know, like, so that's, that's why we've always trained it. But yeah. Um, yeah. And during, during the comp, it was really nice to be next to Nick, uh, especially, uh, especially during that yoke sandbag medley. You guys uh, went so, five, five straight events, mm-hmm. right? Five straight yeah, events. Yeah. We got to be yeah. next to each other. It was just super moving because, Especially on that yoke sandbag, I knew Nick was going to finish. I was like, all right, dude, you got to finish because you're going right next to <laughs> And if you don't finish, this is yeah. going to look horrible. Um, so it was great going next to Nick all day. Uh, but it was funny. Some of my friends were texting me like, man, you, you did great on the deadlift, but so funny because that other guy was just such a stud. I was like, <laughs> I know. That's actually the best I've ever pulled. That's the crazy no. thing. No, uh, CJ, that, that was your wife. That was your uh, fiance that said that, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, <laughs> it was funny. Hey, it was funny. Hey, Hey, well, you know, uh, Nick's nickname is the uh, sexiest 90-kilogram, I think, right? I didn't give sexiest. myself that name. I didn't give myself that name. Like, you didn't give yourself the elevator camera, but I'll take it. I was going to say, Aaron Fowler hey, would be upset. The, the, the best, That's, right. the best That's why I love are... it. That's why I love it. I call him Johnny Sims anyway. We don't give ourselves our nicknames, right? <laughs> they're they're uh, knighted to us. Right. Overall, though, Bestowed upon us. Everything went about to plan, you know, and uh, – like I said, I'm just thankful I got to compete with these guys and the training went really well. So, yeah. Well, congratulations. Now, looking back at it, now looking how Nick did the sandbag run, would you guys have shouldered it, you and Tyler? Would you guys have done that if you guys, in hindsight? Yeah, you know, I, I was thinking about doing it. Um, and the night before, Nick had even told me, I'm going to go uh, heaviest to lightest. And for me, a big, a big thing is like, you know, I'm going to perform the way I trained and the way I trained yeah. him is to heaviest. And so for me, I was like, you know what? You're not going to change the day before. Do what you can. Um, and then when I watched Nick do it, I was like, oh, that makes way too much sense. Come on, man. Like, what, what were you thinking? <laughs> but those things always are so apparent in hindsight. Well, I did. Honestly, I, did. honestly, I think I would have had it. I think I would have been fine either way. I trained it lightest to heaviest. So I wasn't too concerned. However, about nine months prior, I had done the similar one to about 60 inches. And I did it to shoulder. So I knew how I, with the similar weights in the same kind of event. So I had already had a little bit of history with that. And like I said, I, that was my favorite event. That was my number one event. I was looking forward to that. Yeah, event when you said that, I knew that was Mogan. So very sick man. When you said that, I was uh, like, oh, your, favorite, your favorite's the yoke sandbag medley. Yeah. Oh. And, yeah, it was, I love that. Well, Nick, I actually did. I did shoulder mine. So I shouldered the 225 and ran with it fine. Shouldered the 250 and I walked with it fine. <laughs> and then by the time I got back to the 275, I went to shoulder it. And my muscles just kind of were so fatigued. I just couldn't quite get it up there. Usually, you know, fresh 275 is easy to get on my shoulder and I could go with it. But um, I was so fatigued that uh, I just couldn't quite get it. So then I just picked it up and just walked with it as far as I could. I think if I would have went, I think Jim Mitchell beat me by a few feet, uh, by about yeah. six, six feet or so. That, that would have been a really nice extra point to have <laughs> if I would have just carried it to the yoke. I wouldn't, didn't even have to load it. I just, just carried it all the way to the yoke, but. Honestly, during prep, I actually was loading a 300 pound bag to shoulder for, for reps kind of in prep for that. So that I knew 275 was going to be very, very light to me. I, I'm, I, I sandbag to shoulder is one of my favorite events just so happens to be in a future event. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that one again, but I, I love sandbag yeah. to shoulder. 
or he's talking bank. about OSG. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting. It's, it just came out of the fold. We, have, we didn't really see it that much the last couple of years, and now it's in every show. So it's, it's one of those uh, yeah. events that come and go, and we just won't see it for another three or four years. And maybe Cerberus next year will be like tire flips. Cerberus is happy. Oh, yeah, they are some good sandbags too. Uh, There's a big technological improvement versus some of the other stuff I've lifted and put on my shoulder before them. Like the the old iron mines? Yeah, those are great sandbags. They were tough, but they just, it's hard to make them where they're not floppy, you know? Yeah, that's true. yeah, I used to, I used to like grabbing the horn though. You just grab the horn and then you only have to shove your one hand on the on the side of the back to get it up fast. So yeah, we have a we have a different nickname for that, but I understand what you say. The horn. <laughs> what do you call it? <laughs> I can't say it. Hey, anything goes on the Strongman Winter Circle podcast. So. Uh, yeah. So since all you guys have been uh, again successful and especially in the in the class series, being in the, in the first. 90s clash uh what advice do you have for any u90 strongman looking to make clash one day oh man um i I go first i guess uh so my advice has always been to be honest i guess be honest with yourself um so you know like for me if i my, my honest weight class of, that I know I'm the best at is the 90 kilogram class, you know, so um, know, know your weight class, know your abilities, know what, I guess, what works best for you, uh, know how to avoid injuries. Um, that's a big deal. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of talked on, on, on another podcast leading up the clash that, you know, we, we do like a lot of core work and I didn't, I, I wasn't doing my core work like I was supposed to, and that's a good way to prevent injuries. And so we give it its own day now. And so just executing all the things that you have to execute in a way that, you know, you can avoid injury and get stronger. You pick the right weight class. Um, you gotta, you gotta make a list of all the things you have to accomplish and you have to do it every single day uh, to get the clash. I imagine most of these guys, we think about strongman every single day. It's a passion. Um, it's kind of an addiction. Uh, it, it does take up a lot of your time, um, but we love it, you know? Absolutely. And now that, that other podcast, was that the gym life podcast? Yeah, that was, and that was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah or, so I, I really liked the, yeah, the pregame show. Yeah. Full send sports. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's a Nelk boy kind of uh, saying, but it's, it's interesting. It's a good, it's a, I'm surprised that wasn't take, taken up already, but um that was a good title um how about you guys what is your advice for you 90 men looking to get into clash so mine would be uh patience um strength comes over time it doesn't come immediately don't force or rush anything um you nick you know that you know you're somebody i watch and i value and and respect as a as a strong man and watch you grow and if everybody were to kind of take that mindset and just be patient with themselves and they really have the passion, like Tyler said, and, and and want that, they will have an opportunity. Furthermore, my biggest thing, especially being, I'll call myself an older athlete in this, in this age group, right? And I'm almost a master now. Um, but I spend a tremendous amount of time on recovery, mobility, rehab, prehab stuff all the time. I spend more time doing that than I train. Um, I think that's an incredible 
focus that need, or I think that's something that incredibly needs to be focused on for longevity in the sport. And I think that in order to be at the top, you need to have longevity and that's through recovery, eating right, sleeping, you know, mobility, rehab, prehab, all those things. If you take those as serious as you do your training and as do, as you do other things in life that are super important to you, you will find yourself creeping towards the top very quickly. So you said how many hours of mobility a week and how many hours of training a week are we talking about? So, so current, so normally I train four days a week and I train at about two hours, a t- a two hours at a time. So every day and every morning I spend 35 to 45 minutes in the morning with some sort of mobility work or soft tissue work or yoga or whatever, or actually, even if it's the muscle that I'm going to use that day, say I'm doing uh, presses, I'll do soft tissue work in my shoulder and all that stuff in the morning to feel it out so that throughout the day, I'm actually testing ranges of motion while I'm at work to make sure everything's opened up. So then when I do get to the gym, okay, this was still impinged. I need to add another, I do another 20 to 30 minutes prior to my training day of just getting more prepped, getting those muscles warmed up, getting everything activated to be able to prepare for what I'm going to train that day. And then I usually some, I spend about probably 10 or 12, 15 minutes in the evening before I go to bed, because it actually helps me relax to do some more uh, mobility, soft tissue work, whatever, um, before I go to bed, just to make sure everything's nice and good. So I don't wake up with any kinks or anything like that. So I can start fresh the next day and do it again. Well, I hope you guys were writing that down. Everybody that was listening. How about yourself? How about yourself, CJ? You know, I think the biggest thing that I would tell anyone who's trying to get to, you know, a high level show like this, um, know your weakness. Um, because the higher up you go, you know, you start going to national level shows, you start going to clash, maybe you're going to OSG, the higher up you go, the more glaring your weakness becomes. Um, so for me, I guess my best example would be the deadlift. I used to hate train the deadlift because I was bad at it. Um, if you suck at something, there's a reason why and it's something that you need to improve and you definitely shouldn't run away from it. You should try to attack that weakness so that it doesn't amplify it the higher up you go. Um, I'd also say train with intent. Uh, you know, when you train, you are nice. setting aside time. Um, you are setting aside time you know, to get better. And you got to keep that end goal in mind every time you train. Um, I know lead, leading into Clash, um, what I started doing between events is I do the assault bike for two minutes. Um, I would do uh, 10 seconds of sprinting, 20 seconds of jogging just for two minutes, um, just in between events. Because one thing that I was really bad at was endurance. Um, I started out this prep not finishing that yoke sandbag medley, and then at the show, I finished it. Um, so if you know that you're bad at something or you know it's a weakness, address it. Train with intent. Understand that whatever your weakness is at these higher level shows, it's going to get amplified. Um, so that would be my best advice to anyone who's looking to kind of move up um, and start competing at some of these shows. As you get to the higher levels, there's nowhere to hide. There's nowhere to hide is right. And that weakness just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Hey, I'm training my grip regularly. Like I, I've, I've amplified my grip game. So there will not be a weakness come OSG time. So I promise that's, that's what mine was. I will not let that happen again. You're you hit the nail on the head with that one. You know, it, it really is very broad in that you should be well-rounded in all aspects and you will find it. It will come out really quickly where you're not. I literally lost my points gap to you because of that one event. I had, I got my one more press that I, mm-hmm. I should, I should have had not, not because it was on, I just missed it on my own, my own. That would, that would put me that literally I figured out the points that puts us at a tie coming into the end of the day. If I don't do exactly what I did and fail on that stupid 
frame. Damn so what are you, you going to do to improve the grip? Uh, so Tyler and I have kind of been working on it. I did get some, uh, the iron mine tugs, the small stuff. I'm working a lot of finger stuff. All my grips kind of focused in my false grip and my palm. And that frame doesn't allow that because you, you know, your, your frame's wide. So it just pulls it right into your fingers. So we're spending a lot of uh, time in my, in my finger training and getting that strong. I kind of reached out to a couple of uh, guys that I respect and uh, are very good grip guys. Mark Bevins, for example, he gave me some tips. So I'm going to, I'm going to be implementing some things uh, around the horn that I can recover with probably two to three days a week, every week now between here and OSG to, uh, to prepare for that. I do, you know, a lot of extensor. I already do a lot of extensor work. I can hang forever, but it gets in the right part of my hand and I just don't have it. So I will be focused on that. The farmer's going to be a lot better for me than, than the frame that wide, that wide grip goes right to my fingers. However, I'm doing an event here in a couple of weeks that has a frame again, it's the same weight, um, not quite as far, but the same weight. So I'm, I'm looking to even improve on it there. So yeah. Yeah, I was like, really quick. Do you, were you mentioning Mark Bevins? Yes. Earlier. He's got guys, a legend. Love Mark. Yeah, Mark's great. He's so to touch on Mark real quick. And I, and CJ and I had a little uh, together afterwards about sandbags, Mark Bevins, who's taught me how to throw. Everybody knows Mark Bevins knows how to throw. I mean, he can one handed throw like 60 pounds over. I don't know how many feet it's crazy um it, his throwing ability and that's who i learned my throwing from um just tips and a lot of tricks from him so oh, excellent but yeah tyler sorry to cut you off sorry. that's okay I was, I was gonna share one quick funny story on the grip training um there's a mountain climber that works out in my gym as uh, a skinny guy named charles and uh he was out you know he's always in the gym like doing grip things and stuff and so i'm over there getting ready for nationals and we have to hold uh, what turned out being like a suitcase, it's like 250 pounds in each hand, you know, as long as you can hold it. And so I was over back there training it and he was walking around. I was like, Hey, you want to come, you know, try this. And so he uh, picked it up and he held it for, I think like a minute and 30 seconds, which beat like all the national records for middleweight class at the weight I was doing. And he's a mountain, you know, mount, just a skinny mountain climber guy. And I was like, what made you drop it? Like, what, you know, was your forearms finally burnt out like mine does? And he's like, no, it's like my shoulder muscles gave out. <laughs> I was like, that's not what gives out. My shoulders are, I can, I can hold it all day with my shoulders. It's my, my grip, you know? So he didn't even give up because his grip, if he would develop his shoulder muscles, he probably could have held it on even longer, you know? So he's my, uh, so that's my grip consultant is the, <laughs> is the, is the gym mountain climber. So you can look, look into fingers. that. News. Yeah. Everything well, in their fingers. They, yeah, they, they hang on those. Uh, yeah. they, I mean, if their grip gives out, they fall to their death. You know, so. <laughs> I, ironically, I actually almost tried out for Ninja Warrior because I was at, I had extremely good grip, but I also didn't weigh 215 pounds at the, at, then when I was doing it. I could do everything. By yeah, now, now, now we're more like Sumo Warrior, you know. <laughs> yeah. We're getting a little too big for that ninja stuff. Uh, Nick, uh, did you ever see? Did you ever listen to our podcast with Mac Roche? He's a uh, American Ninja Warrior uh, repeat guy, and he does all he does all the um, all the Spartan race elite Spartan races. He's been on like the the Broken Skull Ranch with Stone Cold. Yeah, uh, yeah, he, he, yeah. He he loves that scene. Um, but I don't like, know that guy, but I do. I honestly, that's kind of a lot of stuff that I followed. I was very big into. I did a lot of like I ran two Tough Mudders in the same day. Um, 
you know, I, I did a million obstacle course races. I did the Spartan races. I've done them all and, and many times in the same day and all that stuff too. So that's, that's a lot of my, my background comes from that, but I don't, I didn't see that podcast, but I will check it out for yeah, sure. Yeah. That's a good one with Mr. Mac. So everybody check it out. Uh, so before we get to the kind of like the rapid fire and the fan questions, I do have one pretty interesting question um, that kind of came up in terms of kind of pre-specific to the 90 kilo class. So I'm not sure if you guys follow him. Um, he's an English strongman. His name is Shane Germain. He goes like the MTS systems. I think he came out with something today saying that you need to be a different breed of athlete uh, to, for like a 90 kilo man instead of compared to the open class. Um, you can't just be statically, statically mm-hmm. strong. You could be good at Olympic lifting, CrossFit jumps, muscle ups. Uh, do you agree with that sentiment um, or can, or is it, it depends on the athlete, but what do you guys think about um of course, kind of what you just kind of stated is, do you need to be a different breed, no. more athletic breed compared to the open class, the U90? So let's start with CJ. We haven't heard from CJ in a little bit. So, so I, you know, I, I think I agree with him. I think in the U80 and U90 class, you do have to be a little bit of a different kind of athlete. Uh, you can't be just, just be sadly strong because so many of the events, um, especially in these lighter weight classes, are going to be determined by speed. Um, you know, you saw Nick beat me on the you know, yoke, sandbag, sandbag, sandbag medley. Why? Because he's faster and he's in better cardiovascular shape. Um, so I, I do agree with it. I think if you're just stackly strong as a U90 or a U80, you're going to run to a lot of issues because there's so many fast athletes. There are so many athletes that have great endurance. And those guys aren't dropping as many points in the stack events as the static, you know, monster type of dudes are when it comes to moving events. Um, so I do agree in that sense. Um, now, do I think, though, that some of these guys who are great at sack lifts, do I, do I think that they can't do cool things? No, I think, I think that they can do awesome things. You know, we'll probably, you know, we'll have U80s pulling 800, whatever, like awesome stuff. Now, will they win shows with it? I don't know, right? You got to be well-rounded to be a U80, U90 athlete. So in that sense, I agree with it. Excellent. Mr. Nick, or Mr. Tyler, when, when you guys... Tyler, go first. I'll go, I'll go last. Yeah, I, have, I, have a, um, I have an interesting, I guess a good thought on this, because I've thought of this before, you know, so... Uh, when you look at like uh, Big Z or, you know, a lot of the heavyweights, when they do their log press, they roll it up, they turn it into an incline press kind of, and they just press it up, you know. Well, for them, all they have, they can keep slathering on more muscle, you know. They can build up that back to make it look like a giant. But for us, we're limited. Uh, I can't, I don't want to get much above 215, 220 pounds at the most. So I can't just keep adding on muscle to my back. If I want to keep that weight ratio, then I'll have to give up muscle and in, in my ass or like in my legs. I don't know <laughs> somewhere else. So, so um, it's kind of like we're almost like an odd bodybuilder because you have to pick and choose what you want to develop and be strong. You know, maybe we don't need big calves or you know something like that. <laughs> so I may not work out calves and make them all big and swole because I'm trying to. You know, I'd rather have my traps be bigger or something else. Or if I'm weak on or, you know, like Nick wants to work on his forearms or something like that. So, so I guess with the weight classes, it is different because um, you, you can't just add more muscle and turn it into an incline press. You got to be more technically savvy. Uh, like uh, CJ probably has one of the best technical log presses I've seen because he's so good at the jerk. Yeah, I haven't really quite mastered the jerk. Mine's still a push press. Um, so I, I've been building up my shoulders and everything, but you know, now I'm heavier up top of my shoulders. Maybe I, I gave up something on my lower back. Now my, my deadlift suffers. So. Yeah, Tyler, that's, yeah. that's a really good point you just brought up. Um, I yeah. guess that's one way that I didn't think of it, but it's almost like we're a compensatory class, right? We have to think about 
what do we really need and what are we willing to sacrifice yeah. to improve that weakness? It's and a very, my, yeah, sorry, go ahead. It, it was, it's like, I would say it's like a functional bodybuilding, you know, it's, it's a, you, you're bodybuilding, not just for aesthetics, but you're bodybuilding to achieve uh, certain strengths and lifts. And the heavyweight classes don't have to do that. They can just be, you know, they can be just massive and just keep adding on that muscle to make their gains, you know? Um, yeah, they can just be, beef up. So this difference has yeah, 10,000 calories and then be like Brian Shaw crying through his meals. Yeah. Um, the so bigger, fun. the better, you know? <laughs> so, um, so I definitely want to touch on this one. Um, as I'm a CrossFit level one trainer. I have a CrossFit background, so I, I'm familiar with Olympic lifting and all that stuff. In my opinion, coming into strongman, it's what put me up there faster than most guys. I went from open class right to going to nationals, from nationals and going to competing at OSG as an 80 kilo and then taking a year to go to 90 and all that. I completely blame it all on my ability to be extremely explosive and athletic. My static strength is built over time. That's patience. Static strength takes patience. And I've finally made up that difference, but I still made it a point to maintain my explosive ability. I watched the, the video that you talked about today from Shane. I love MTS. I think he's the phenomenal. I want to compete against him someday because I think he's just an amazing, amazing athlete. Um, but I think he hit the nail on the head with that one. That one really resonated with me and my background and where I come from. And I think, again, I'm, I'm using my age against as kind of a, a tool, but I think that's why I'm able to stay where I'm at because I access my body in more ways, but again, spend that time with recovery to be able to do what we do. So being the guy that won the medley at OSG last year, being the guy that won the medley at clash this year as the older guy to me is a huge part of that is from CrossFit is from endurance is from being super well-rounded in just all modalities of fitness. You know, I, I enjoy that aspect. And I think that is a large part of what 80 and 90 kilo guys need to keep in mind if they want to do that. Um, I, even 105s, you're, you're seeing a lot of it in the 105 class. So, you know, these athletic guys are able to push the envelope um, and, and really do well. And like, like Tyler said, you know, you got a guy that, or I mean, sorry, CJ said that, that uh, will do really well on a deadlift or they'll press the world and yet you do any sort of moving event and they can't go. And I think that makes you fluctuate in the points kind of like I did on the frame carry. But anyways, that you need to be well-rounded in order to be well-rounded. You have to be explosive. You have to have good cardiovascular system. You need to think about all aspects of your body in order to be top performance at this weight class. Great answer. Um, to dissect a little bit of kind of what Shane said, do you, is it, do you guys have, do you have to do muscle ups? Like, do you have to be doing handstand walks at the U90, U80, maybe 105? I do. I do muscle ups. I always, whenever I get a chance to do muscle ups, I usually do them on the rings. I can do them on a bar too, but I do them just because I, I always want to keep them in there. I always, you know, I can do kipping and I can do chest to bar and I, I don't very terrible at handstand walks. I got, I'm pretty decent presser, but handstand, I don't do well upside down. <laughs> um, I, do, I do lots of pull-ups, but I don't typically do the muscle ups. <laughs> I haven't done one of those in a long time. No, I think I think it comes down to that train with focus, right? If you if you feel as an athlete, you, oh, you didn't answer the question. Can you muscle yeah. up? Oh, can I muscle? That was your question. Yeah. Oh, hell no, I don't think so. I don't think I can. Do that. <laughs> hell no. 
no, I'm, I'm like Nick. I'm, I'm not sure. Like Nick's head, head like handstand push up fear. That's my muscle up fear. I'm gonna hit my head on the bar or something. <laughs> I can't do. I can't do muscle up. Of course, Mr. Furman, he's a big muscle up guy. Seem got some some. Oh, of course, like Dan Woods. Yeah. Uh, or not Dan Woods. Uh, that's a good friend of mine. Dan Hughes. He's a big muscle up. Um, kind of fanatic. So I was curious, but let's start with some fan questions. So we'll do a little bit kind of rapid fire. You guys can choose to hop in, hop out, uh, whoever wants to take it. Uh, but the first part is actually not a question, but more of a request for Tyler. He says, go see your zookeeper training partner. Say that again. Uh, this is a request from one of your friends to to say he's a training partner and he's a zookeeper and he wants you to go Uh and go see him. <laughs> oh yeah, world's strongest uh, zoologist. <laughs> That's what I call him. Yeah, guessing yeah, he's, he's awesome. Yeah, he's a. <laughs> yeah, he uh, works the. Um, he works the. Uh, it's uh, Jared Eichner. Yeah, he's an awesome dude. He works the um, kangaroo exhibit and the sloths and everything. So I call him world's strongest zo- uh, zoologist. Yeah. <laughs> so I need to bring my kids over there. I'm sure you can give them a special treat with. Uh, you know, seeing pet and animal he says the sloths are actually really dangerous because really? if they yeah because they i guess if they bite you or like scratch you they have like lots of germs kind of like a cat i guess mm. yeah. so interesting <laughs> so, I, I always thought the sloths were pretty cool so but anyway yeah, doing kind of sad. Fuck, fuck <laughs> you're, you're welcome you're welcome <laughs> all right i just i saved your life probably <laughs> all right boys who is one sponsor you guys wish you had Oof. any sponsor uh, Jimmy, J- Jimmy Johns. I like Jimmy Johns. Oh, I got uh, <laughs> red bands. I I've been wearing the same pair of red bands for eight years. Um, oh, so yeah. my knee sleeves have become my elbow sleeves. I'd love to do red bands at some point. Good answer. Oh man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. I recently got a, a meat sponsor, so that's pretty exciting. So uh, I got yeah. food and that's the, the biggest part of Strongman. So I'm pretty excited for that. But, um, Man, maybe like Delta, because the the, the travel is what the travel is what gets me. Or like free hotel stays wherever I go, something you know with Hilton or something yeah. like that. But um, you know, if I had to pick and choose like whatever I wanted, but maybe, um, but within the sport, you know, I, I've been fortunate with SBD, and I've been fortunate with a few other ones, and uh, I've been able to help with gear. But um, yeah, I, biggest thing is cost of travel, I guess. Hmm. I was just say I was hoping for any pizza rolls or Totino's related ones, but uh, oh, you're the like, kind of uh, I, I would say Oreos. I, I'm I have uh, I have some Oreo they, they, championships. They, um, so they could probably sell some more Oreos if there was a strong man. Like if I can eat, all I do is eat Oreos. They're delicious. I can be strong like Mr. Nick O'Hare. Why not? <laughs> Did yeah. you see that? Did you see at the competition? I had my Oreo sandals and my Oreo socks on the entire competition. I, I did not. Well, I did not. Well, I watched it from the live stream. Of, so I'll it was think. on there. You could see him. Oh, really? Maybe, maybe. Oh. you just got to look at my feet more. <laughs> gotcha. Now with, with Jimmy John's, though, we could I could do like the frame carry and be like freaky fast, you know. I could just yeah, they're good. And it's and it could just be like full of sandwiches. <laughs> and then uh, CJ, I was gonna say, there's only one athlete I know that's uh, sponsored by Reband. Is a uh, Yeri uh, Cattlecheck of the Czech Republic. I'm pretty sure he's sponsored by Reband. He's the only one I know of. So, so the odds are very slim. I might have to look for a different company. <laughs> Uh, hey, I, I use all re, mostly reband sleeves. I think my sleeves and my shorts are reband too. I've had them for three, a little over three years now. I love them. I love reband stuff. Mine, mine have just gone to the point now where my fiance can like smell them like outside my car. 
So it, it's time. It's time to start. Do you, do you not? Do you wash them? And they still stink. I'm not going to answer that question. Oh, <laughs> no. Sponsors. Uh, you should wash. These, <laughs> they they do fine washed. The man needs needs a sponsor. He needs new knee sleeves. So someone get him over. Yeah. There. Um. All right. This is from my friend, the Dane Train. Um. He's out of Rhode Island. He wants to know your heaviest off-season weight, your weight at the start of prep, and your weight one week out before the water load. I got up to 226 in the off-season. Uh, that was like March, April. Yeah, March, April of the, early this year. And then um, – but, you know, if I'm getting ready for a show, then, you know, about four months out, I'll start dieting down a little bit. So I lost about 10 pounds of fat and um, I got to about 215. Once I'm around 215, 17 pounds from making weight, I can make weight, you know, uh, pretty comfortably. So 198 is the weight class. Uh, I usually like to hang around 215, five days out. Um, but I will get up to 225 in the off season just eating a bunch, trying to get stronger. Usually I put on some fat and I'll just lose that a few right. months before or a few months out you know, from competition. Cool. How about you, CJ? Uh, usually I'm, I'm pretty much 215 year round. Uh, after I tore my bicep, I lost about 20 pounds though. So I was down to about 195. Um, but yeah, usually I usually stick around 215 year round. I don't think I've had like a legit off season though in probably seven years. Uh, so that's, so I, I don't know what I'd walk around with in an off season. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm 215. I'm like Tyler, uh, 17 pounds. Isn't really too bad. Um, I butchered this water cut. I had to meet the teacher the night before the, the night before. So mm-hmm. I didn't really have time to sweat anyway. Cause I had to meet the teacher from 7am to 7pm. Um, and then I caught my midnight flight. Uh, oh. so, yeah, I butchered the weight cut, but yeah, usually 215 to 198 is a pretty good cut for me. Um, and yeah. All right, Nicholas. I'm again, same as CJ. I, I basically stay at 215 year round. Um, 99% of the time, there's a few times where I flow up a little bit. Honestly, I, I hit 222, but that was right after, after uh, the comp right after, you know, eating all the food I can eat. I, you know, I splurged all last week, Justin Lloyd's my nutrition coach. And I said, dude, you got to get your back on track. I, I've been, I've been reckless and I'm fortunate. I have a, a super high metabolism, but um, I mean, eating literally six packs of Oreos and I was still like two, I think I hit 221 or 222. I stopped and I was instantly, I'm already back at 214 point something this morning. So um, as far as that goes, I'm pretty close to 215, pretty much most of the time a week out. This time I was different because again, Justin did my nutrition and I usually do my own. I usually maintain my body weight as far out as I possibly can and cut at the very last minute to spend the least amount of time under duress. Um, uh, Justin had me on a little different program. So I was a little bit lighter. I think I was like 208 or 209 or something like a week out, but I felt really good. And then we just kind of tapered down and it didn't feel like I was dieting. I was still eating every day and eating a decent amount of food. We just changed what I ate and uh, went into it feeling really, really good. And I, I can't complain. I have no complaints with that. I think his, his help was definitely a benefit to the way everything went the day of. So, but uh shout out to uh, PP prestige performance. Prestige by performance Justin Lloyd. Worldwide. Mm-hmm. worldwide. Yeah. 
Um, but it sounds like everybody cuts about eight to ten percent of their body weight. Is, is that about right? Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. I've never, I don't think I've ever cut more than 10. I think 10 would be my limit. I don't think I'd cut more than 10%. I think the science says it's safe to cut 10% of your body weight without any adverse effects from what I've read uh, from medical journals and stuff. (laughs) Can you you repeat that? Uh, So from what I've read and when I've studied this, uh, you you can lose 10% of your body weight in water pretty safely without adverse effects to your kidneys and, and things like that. Um, but once you get over 10%, then I feel like you, you kind of increase those risks. You're so I've always tried to, yeah. Interesting. I've always tried to stay under 10% cut. So All right. I'll throw the, I'll throw this out there. I always warn my buddies cause I came from 80 kilo class that if I needed to make 80 kilos again, I bet you I could make it. Now it wouldn't all be water cut. I would die it down. But I'm I'm almost 100% certain I love weight cut. I love the process of it. I actually look forward to it, and I look forward to the aftermath. But I could definitely diet down and make it back down to 175.6 if I needed to. Interesting. Um, I was going to say, I think I'm around an 8% cut. Um, and I talked to Andrew Hanus one time after his cut. I think he did about 30 pounds before the yeah. Arnold amateur. Big... And he was, so he was at 20% and he felt like. I, I saw Andrew when he cut 30 for nationals. That dude, man, he like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have no comment on that. That's terrifying. Yeah. Now uh, he's one. So he, let's just, let's keep it. Let's keep the spotlight on him a little bit. Um so he's someone, you know, Nick mentioned, uh, like, you would love to see Shane Germain compete at him in the U90s. Like, we could see someone like Andrew Hainis maybe bump up because he's outgrown the weight class. But, like, overall, what, what like, guys like that, like, who would you want to compete that weren't here this weekend? And, of course, we can kind of exclude, like, Nikolai. Nikolai kind of banged, up, banged himself up uh, right before. But um, besides him, who do you think would be a great addition to the Clash family? For me, Andrew, uh, Andrew Hainis, uh, you know, obviously that's one of my good friends. I love the guy. Um, I would have loved to be able to compete with him. Um, we, we've had a couple really good competitions together. It would have been really fun to have him out here. Um, Justin Weaver, he's another guy who's really strong. He's competed as a 231 traditionally. He's got like a 350 strict press, like super strong dude. Uh, he's cutting down to the U90s. He's another guy who I would have loved to have a clash um, or, you know, compete at one of these other big shows with him. Um, but yeah, those are my two guys. Cool. How about yourself, Tyler? Who are you calling um, out? Who are you calling out? <laughs> well, I, I've made some friends in Finland, like uh, Marcus Lane. Uh, he was, he's pretty good. Me and him were pretty close in Finland. He was right behind me. I think he finished fourth. Uh, there was one guy over there who was really good. His name was uh, Mario Sealed. I think it's how you say his Nick last knows name. Who Mario is, I'm sure. They call him. <laughs> They call him Super Mario. Uh, he's from Estonia. Um, and he used to be a heavyweight. And then he used, then he did like 231. And he was good at both of those classes. But I think for health reasons, he wanted to keep losing weight to be healthy. And then he came all the way down to 90 kilogram class. And he's, he's over, I think he's like six foot, six foot one. He's pretty tall for our class. Um, Very but he was, yeah. He, on the Viking press, he beat all the 90s and he beat all the 105 guys. Um, it would be very interesting to see how he would do in a clash contest with the fast pace. I, I, my, I, my suspicions would be, wouldn't be quite as good. Um, I don't think he would be able to keep up. Um, I would like to see maybe him at OSG might be a little better 
support him in his wheelhouse. I don't know. Because there's a Viking press this year at OSG, too, and he's really good at that. Uh, and I'm sure he would be good at most of those events. So, um, you know, he's one of the better guys that I've only competed, you know, against one time, Mario Sealed. Um, there's some new guys that I've been kind of researching a little bit uh, for World's Ultimate Strongman that I've never competed against um, that look like they could be pretty good. Uh, there's a guy named Simon Peplinski uh, from Poland who I competed with. I uh, competed with him. And he's won some championships over there. Um, I, he's going to be at World's Ultimate Strongman that I'm doing in October. But it'd be fun to bring, you know, a few of those guys over. So that's what, um, you know, when I go to World's Ultimate Strongman, so I need Nick and CJ to root for me because, you know, if I win, then they know they're the best in the world, right? <laughs> you know, they want I mean, me to beat all, y'all want me to beat all those European guys. So you, know, they, they, we know they, we're, you know, we're top three. <laughs> it's a nice roster. I, I was looking at some of the rosters, pretty diverse, but, uh, Usually the Polish guys are, are pretty strong, especially if they're the regular competitor. They're, they're usually um, top notch. They'll, they'll be in those finals. Top yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's, it don't, I don't like to generalize, but it does seem for some reason when Polish guys show up, they always are strong. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, great influences like Marius Pujanowski and Kills. Yes, you know, it's part of their DNA and their history. So, mm -hmm. uh, Nick, Nicholas, who are you calling out? Um, you know, a coming up, coming up guy, Richard Panganaban. He mm -hmm. is, uh, he's, his abilities are crazy and he's so raw and new. Um, he's just going to grow. I know he's not big in stature, but he is strong as can be. And, and he's somebody that I, I'll even say I'm a little bit nervous about when he comes up and he, he starts de destroying people. Um, mm -hmm. As far as the other guys go, I would like to, I would like to see the guys that were on the roster that everybody could have made it. Lee Osmond, who's an excellent presser, amazing presser. Um, there's a couple other guys that were from other countries. Luke, you know, of course, Davis. Aaron, Aaron, and those guys, uh, Mike Gonzalez, mm -hmm. some of those guys would have been great because they've had really good resumes and uh, it would have been nice to see them there and be able to compete with those guys. But I, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to compete against Nagarimu. Um, I think that will be a huge one. I, Shane, you know, those guys, guys that, I, and, and guys like uh, like Tyler said that you know are world class athletes, and it's just a matter of getting all in the same place at the same time and competing. Um, with that being said, competing with Tyler now multiple times, and now CJ, gosh, it's it's going to be like that little uh, camaraderie we had amongst us three, and just the humbleness and the, and the fun that we had, and just pushing each other. It's a it's a feeling and i'm sure you know what that's like when you get find that group of core guys you look forward to them being there regardless of the outcome whoever wins whatever happens you look forward to competing them because they draw the best out of you they want to see you do good you want to see them do good things like that so I, I look forward to competing with guys like that the brotherhood yes yeah. mm -hmm. um that was, that was a great great answer thank you nicholas so next one we'll start with tyler Tyler, when did you realize your potential in the sport? <laughs> this is a funny, I got a good answer for this, actually. Uh, so I, um, I always felt like I was strong, like pound for pound, you know, growing up, I was always strong pound for pound, like in football, I'd work out with the linemen in the weight rooms, you know, um, and then, but I feel like I never really enjoyed uh, sports with like a ball, like football or baseball, like it was fun, but I never got passionate about it, you know. 
Um, I'd rather go lift the weights in the weight room than go actually go play football. And then I went to college, went, got a job, worked in a shipyard. Um, I made a friend in the shipyard who had all the strongman equipment and he was coaching. His name's Chris Jackio. He's my coach now. And I was like, you know, what is all this stuff? And he's like, well, they have a, you know, weight class strongman. And I was like, they have weight classes. You know, I always loved watching the big guys on TV when I was young and, and I loved it, you know. Um, that's what I wanted to do, but I'm not six. I'm not over six foot and I'm not, I'm just not that big. <laughs> I'm five foot nine. Um, so he's like, yeah, uh, he goes, well, we'll come over, you know, I can train you and you can use some of the equipment. So I go over to his house and uh, this is when I realized that I could be good. Cause one day I, I, you know, I think it was like a 250 pound sandbag and I had to pick it up and carry it as far as I could. And I picked it up and I carried it like 400 feet, uh, just back and forth. And I dropped it. And he goes, you know what, Tyler? He's like, you could be pretty good at this. <laughs> so he's, he's like, Tyler, you could be pretty good at this if you wanted to be. <laughs> that day? Like, right when, when yeah, you yeah. Just after just, maybe that was like the second time training at his house, you know. And uh, and he's a very serious person, no bullshit type person. And for it to come out of his mouth, you know, I was like, he must, he must, I'm a, it must be true. Mm. And um, uh, we took it real serious. So I got a coach from the very beginning. Um, he trained me we, we we set out three months before my first competition and then first competition uh, it was a it was a it was not i did novice first competition and it was like a 250 pound uh, bodybuilder and a 250 pound power lifter and the power lifter could he could bench press over 500 pounds you know and um, the bodybuilder was just jacked he was huge and i was like 184 pounds you know just completely natural <laughs> and i go up and um I'm like, how am I going to beat these guys? They're huge, you know? And he goes, well, if they haven't been training strongman like we have, he's, he's like, we'll see. And um, I ended up uh, beating both of them. And uh, I carried that sandbag like 400 feet in the competition. And uh, they, they carried it like, I think, 150 feet or something like that. Um, and I think I, I beat both of them, on, or I tied one on the axle. I think the bodybuilder made him tied on the axle press. And then um, I beat him on the keg, like how high you can throw it, like, pick up a keg and put it over a bar. And so after those two things, I guess I kind of got hooked. Uh, I was like, let's see how far I can take this. I've never been passionate about something. I never put a hundred percent effort into something. Can I be world-class at something? So, That's when you got the strongman bug. How about yourself? Yeah. That's when you got the strongman bug. Oh yeah. <laughs> how about yourself? Well, for, for me, you know, so I, I, uh, I originally was doing powerlifting. Um, this won't surprise anyone. I'm a terrible bench presser. Like we're talking garbage. Um, I was at the gym one day. I saw someone, you know, do a split jerk. So I was like, here, I'm going to try this. I ended up hitting a 300 pound overhead before I hit a 300 pound bench uh, that day. So that's why I realized, you know what, man, maybe <laughs> look for, for a sport where you don't have to bench. So, <laughs> yeah, we're going to have chest puzzles here. <laughs> yeah, so there, there was this old guy. We, we used to train in a storage unit. Uh, and this old guy told me, have you ever considered doing something like strongman? I was like, okay, well, what's strongman? So he kind of, you know, introduced me to that. Um, and it kind of sat in the back of my head for a couple of years. I did powerlifting. Um, and then, you know, of course I signed up for that first comp and my best event was the overhead. I was like, okay, you know, maybe, maybe that old guy was onto something, you know, it wasn't just heat delirium from training in a storage unit in Tucson, Arizona. Um, so I, that was probably the day where I realized I had some potential in something. I just didn't know what it was just yet because I didn't know what it would exactly, you know, transfer over to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, what, so like, for instance, but was it a, 
so of course you touched it, you hit that 300 pound jerk for the first time, but like, was there, did it, from then it pointed you like, did you see yourself that where you are today? Like, like winning these shows, like breaking actual records. Like when did you realize like I could be top class, number one, no one can mess with me, CJ Pierce. Well, you know, I think for me, I always knew I would get there. Um, I've, I always pride, you know, I, I have a lot of pride in my work ethic. I always thought that I would get there. I didn't start out very good at the sport. I struggled a lot. I zeroed lots of events. If there's any guy, any new guys listening to this and you zero an event, there's no shame in it. You just got to keep pushing forward and put your head down and keep working. Um, because I, you know, my first year of strongman, I probably zeroed more events than I actually completed. Um, which is crazy to think about now, but I, I always knew that I could be good if I just kept working hard enough. So it was a day by day kind of thing, not like a, yeah. a one contest one day where I'll click. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I, it was one of those things where I was like, you know what, you're going to be good someday, but you're going to have to keep working. If you want to be good, you're just going to have to keep working and you can't give up. You know, the second you give up, that's the day that's going to stop. So I just, yeah. I didn't start out very good, but I just also never gave up. You know, I was resilient. I just okay. kept, I kept trying until, you know, I became better and better and better over time. Um, hey, quick question though, how, how far into it did you get a coach? I'm just curious. Uh, this is actually the first coach I've worked with. Mm. So, yeah. So, so my experience is a little different. Like I started off with five wins in a row, went to nationals and came in second. Cause at the very beginning, three months out, you know, uh, before my first competition, I was training all the lifts to prepare me for that competition and all, you know, so, uh, so maybe if people want to shave off a few years, get you, go ahead and get you an experienced coach and take it seriously. You'll avoid injuries. You'll, you'll do the right, you know, the right exercises. And uh, maybe, you know, imagine where you could have been, I guess, if you had a coach from the very beginning, he would have given you like three more, four more years. <laughs> of yeah, advancement. You know, I, think, I, I think one of the things too, especially with me, I, um, I think that, um, I think it was good for me cause I, I had to be humbled. I think it was good for me to get a little bit of a humbling the first couple of years I got my butt kicked. And I think it was good for me. Um, it was just like playing sports in high school though. I was, you know, the five, eight kid who bulked up to two fifty to be able to play high school football because he wasn't the best, you know, he just had to keep working until he was better. Um, so I think it was good for me, but I agree with you. If you want to shave a couple of years off that transition period, you don't want to struggle as much as I did totally get a coach, you know, definitely, Definitely get a coach. Um, if you want to have a massive learning curve and go through some painful, some painful experiences, then do what I did and just kind of <laughs> you're straight. Find yourself. <laughs> yeah, find yourself, you know. Hey, Tyler, did you did you say that you won your first five contests? Yeah, I think I won. Just five, like you just, like you just the first five, you just like getting into the sport. Yeah, yeah. I did, I won like, so I did novice, and then after that, I did open classes. And um, like we did Alabama, which was a platinum plus competition. I just kept doing those and um, kept winning them. I was like, I think it's time we go to nationals, coach. <laughs> and uh, okay, I came in second to CJ at uh, my first nationals. All right, not too shabby. That's uh, that's good. I think you see a lot of dis- disappointment. I think I've, that's yeah, I've done, that easy. I've done I've done fourteen competitions and I've won ten. I think either nine or ten. So I have amazing. a pretty high win rate. Yeah, the only people I lose to are these two guys. <laughs> How about you, Nicholas? And, and a, a couple guys in Finland. <laughs> How about you, Nicholas? When did you realize that potential? Was the day? Was the day right? Was it? It was a progress, like CJ. Um, honestly, for me, uh, I don't. This is gonna. I don't know how this is gonna come across. This I time. don't know that I've hit my potential yet. I still think I have a lot more. I, I really do. And and one of the points where. Like I, I, I won nationals last year uh, and 
I was not satisfied with my result and I knew I had a lot more to give. And, and then we focused on OSG. I went to, I actually went to Finland with Tyler and zeroed my best two events, like just no reason at all. I don't even know what happened. Just totally. And came back and did a local show and just, and, and did really well. And then, you know, the focus was OSG and honestly going into OSG, uh, I've told the story to a few people, but I told Tyler, my coach that I'm not worried about day three. I want to make day three. That's the goal, but we're only going to train for days one and two. And I basically, other than di- like dynamic work with the sandbag toss, um, I didn't train stones, but one time for that whole entire prep and lo and behold, I made day three tied for first made day three tied for first place. And it still hasn't really resonated or set in with me that I, I was hitting everything the way that I know that I should be able to. And, and I still think I left things on the table at clash. So I'm still not satisfied with where I'm at, but I don't know if that's a, I don't want that to come across as like as bad because I really think that my love for the sport, I I'm going to continue to grow and I want to grow. So I don't know what it is. I don't know what that point is where, yes, I think I've got it. I've hit that point. I've hit that strider. I'm right there. I want, I'm what I want. I'm just, I'm just not satisfied yet. And it, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in like a, I guess I'm, I've won things and I've never been really satisfied with winning. I've always wanted a little bit more out of myself. Um, just because I guess that's my mentality. So I was, I was going to say, just like Will Farrell and like Blades of Glory, that's why he was such a great figure skater because he was a, he was never satisfied, and that was his curse. Yeah, I gotta I gotta I gotta realize that I'm trying to you know eventually I'm gonna, hopefully one day I'm gonna be old enough to realize like it's okay to be where this where I'm at. <laughs> I think that I think that lack of complacency, like that you know that lack of complacency, right? You always wanting to do a little better is also part of the reason why you're where you're at. You know, you've you've never been complacent of where you are. You've always wanted to improve. I think that's part of what we all kind of share is that we, we all kind of share that same lack of satisfaction, no matter what we do. Right. We think, yeah. well, what could I have done to, you know, do even a little better. So I think, I don't think that's a bad thing at all, Nick. I think that's a, that's an attribute that I really admire. And I think yeah. you kind of have to do it in order to keep up with the times, right. You could be good for 2022, but the same level you are at in 2027 could be whole different because the, the scene gets better. Everybody else around you gets better. So you always have and to be improving. So you always have to be hungry and never satisfied. And, and that's honestly, that's an aspect I kind of carry in my life. I kind of carry in my, what my relationship with my wife, with my relationship with my kids. I always want to find a way to be better than what I am right now. So it's not just, it's just kind of a part of, part of me. I mean, it's part of, I think a lot of guys like CJ said, you know, from that aspect, but I just, it's kind of, it's kind of my being. I'm like, I got to learn how to be yeah. happy with some things and that's okay. But I, I also never really satisfied. So I gotta, I gotta work on that yeah. in some aspects. Absolutely. Well, it's kind of like, well, I just want to be, I want to be thought of like, I'm one of the greatest, I guess, 90 kilogram strength athletes of all time. And for me to do that, I have to, you know, you have to podium at clash at, Strongman Champions League at World's Ultimate Strongman at OSG at uh, USS Nationals at SC Nationals. Now they're adding it to the Arnold. And if you can finish, in, you know, ideally you win. It'd be seven competitions, the biggest ones I know of for our class. Um, if you could win all those, and you know, nobody could say anything. You you've done what you could to go against the very best. Um, 
but my my aspiration right now is just the podium at all those. So that, that's that's my goal. Maybe after that, I don't. After I do that, I probably won't be happy. I'll probably I probably want to go back and try to win the ones I didn't win too. You know, after that, so, the bucket we'll list gets longer, right? The bucket list you just keep adding things to it. And just yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, of those of the seven, I've podium at four so far. Uh, both the different nationals, clash, and strongman champions league. So if I can get world's ultimate strongman and OSG this year, I'll have six. I think Arnold starts first. Arnold starts in the springs. So. I think so. Yeah. And then you get you get in front of so many different uh, organizations, which is a big piece. But uh, of course, let's move on. Um, I had a fun question, but Anthony decided, um, of course, unfortunately, with Wi-Fi and technical if technical difficulties. But <laughs> besides Anthony and myself, who are the most overrated strongman in the scene? <laughs> oh shoot! Overrated in which aspect? Uh, in general, in the last ten years, who are some of the most overrated strong men? Okay, we'll st- stick with strong men in the scene. Oh my! We have to. It can't be. How about you answer that one first? How about I, you? you I, I always like. I always like. Uh, Let's I, click on. I always like to pick on Oberst. That's what bit. I. Hey, okay, so that would be my scapegoat. I was going to pick on Oberst because now we have to pick someone else. I shouldn't let Campy go first. Never mind. Yeah. Pick, I, I, just pick the person. Pick the person who has the biggest social media following and the least amount of achievements, and that's your person. Yeah, I need like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> let, me check, let me check my social. Media. Um, okay. Gosh, that's such a hard question. Probably, probably, we probably could pick on Tyler Young. He's just like everybody thinks he's cool for failing those four hundred pound logs, but he needs to hit it one of these times. <laughs> he right? needs to hit it one of these times. Hey, hey, I'm going to stick up for him. He's the lightest guy in that class all the time. He comes yeah. in underweight every time. He's a little guy. He's he, and he's he's hanging with the big dogs. The, the, my my favorite thing I think he's ever said was um he goes he's like, "Yeah, I eat unhealthy all the time." And I'm like, "Around a contest, I'm not going to change the way. I don't want to shock my body with good food." I, I like I'll, 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 I got to keep things consistent just like training just in competition. <laughs> oh, that's one of my favorite. Um so you know, I- I'll throw one out there that, that I've kind of like noticed too. And I think they're really trying to push him because of his stature, but like Gav, Gav Bilton to mm. me is like a, a guy that kind of fits that Oberst kind of line. And and I think he's a great guy. He's always got a smile. I think he's, you know, th- that's all good, you know, but he just kind of plays a part. I mean, he, he went and he competed. I think he competed at a, a, a smaller comp and he still finished like sixth place you know, and be at, he's at world strongest man competing, you know what I mean? Or they're trying to get him out there on, on some of these bigger shows, but I think it's just because of his, his following his stature and all that stuff. And, and the Viper sunglasses he's been wearing, yeah. they call him big sexy. Yeah. <laughs> um, what for in general, if it's a strong man or just training or just in life, what grinds your gears? Flying. What grinds your gears? What, what lying, is, cheating? Oh, lying and cheating. <laughs> lying and cheating, man. I can't stand yeah. it. I, I, I can't right. handle that. Right. I just I don't like it when people don't do what they say they're gonna do. I guess right. if, even if, if something happens and it becomes a huge inconvenience for me to do something that I said I was gonna do, I still do it even no matter how bad the inconvenience. If it's possible for me to do it, just because I feel like that's the honorable thing to do and people can rely on you. So yeah, I don't like it when people, I guess in general, don't do what they say they're going to do, which like, like if I program something for somebody and then they end up doing their own thing that day, <laughs> like, uh, that's, that's yeah. kind of the same thing. I hope they're listening. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, can, I can definitely echo what Nick said. Lying and cheating drives me nuts. Um, I'll add one, though. Uh, if, if you can't accept losing or you can't accept defeat, that drives me nuts, too. Because I'm like, man, we're such a small community. Just just be happy. Just be happy. You know, like, I get it. Losing sucks. But at the same time, shake the guy's hand. He beat you. He was the better man that day. So I can't, yeah. I can't handle sore losers. That's one thing I can't handle. Um, and then the, the other thing that I can't handle right now is the um, the presses out of the rack that don't emulate the presses after the clean position. So <laughs> driving me nuts just because I've watched all the OSG qualifier videos mm-hmm. and these guys with super high elbows of a barbell split jerky. I'm like, tell me when you're getting in position like that for a strongman lift. <laughs> and it, that's been grinding my gears a little bit, but I've, I've kept my mouth shut and up until now, but that's, that's probably another one that's got That's me. a good, that's a good one. That's, that's, that's what uh, want that like right in the strongman alley. Um, can, I, can I, can I add one real quick, Nick? Absolutely. So uh, the one that me and, I, and it's related to the strongman community too, is, is, is our, our niche sport, you know, that we're trying to grow. People really need to take a step back and look at it and really support what they're, what they want to see grow. I, I think that, that if we could do that, I think this sport could be CrossFit and I, and, and some people might not want that, but man, CrossFit did it. And I was a CrossFitter and, and you drank the Kool-Aid and you were part of the community and everybody talked about CrossFit every minute of every day, all the time. That's all I talk about. Now look what it's at. You know, these guys are making 330 grand for competing, you know, at, at one competition that in, in all the money and all the sponsorships and all the things that come with that. And I think that Strongman has all the potential in the world to do that. Um, if people were willing to not look look at things in a way to find a way to throw shade at it, or I don't like that. So I'm going to be, you know, bitch about it and piss them on about it. Just enjoy it. Let people thrive. Let people have fun. Let people be excited. Who cares what organization you compete in? Who cares who's whatever it is, whatever they say, they're the best. This guy's the greatest. This guy's got the greatest roster. This guy's got, there's the best people over here and over there. That's fine. Everybody has a right to their opinion. And at the end of the day, when we see those people come back, if, if it's all good, it's all good. And, and, uh, you know, sponsors can are more, uh, able or probable to come to our sport and give to us and help us grow because they see how uh, fun it is, how exciting it is, how we, how we want to give back to it, how we buy all these clash. You know, I I'm buying every clash one, even the ones I can't watch, I'll come back and watch them later. Um, The live streams through ADL live streams through other things, you know, the Shaw classic and, and everything else, those little things really add up. And I really just pertinent to straw man. I really just wish everybody would just, get on the same page and get off their high horse and quit bitching about stuff just to bitch about Chad Coy at the, at the Shaw classic. He's a terrible judge. And he did this. He called the same standards the whole damn day. He did a great job. I'm sure they went over this and it wasn't just Chad's choice to call the rules the way he called them. He did a phenomenal job. I thought it was great. Of course, somebody finds a way to, to bitch and piss and moan about it. And I guess hey, just, you can tell it rubbed me the wrong way. Hey, just, just to play a little devil's advocate on that. Um, sometimes when I say like the bitching and moaning, I'm kind of like, yeah, we're like, we're, we're growing because that's what people do with all these other big sports. You know, <laughs> at least they care enough to bitch and no, moan the drama's about it. Good. Yeah. The drama's good. I, I can, I can read into that, but I mean, yeah. we just always find a way to, to slow ourselves down. We, we kind of start to get going and then we, we find a way to, to hurt ourselves, you know, in a bigger way. Yeah. We build yeah. it all for ourselves. Yeah. We, we get our own way for sure. Do we need to do we need to make us some sort of strongman Kool-Aid for everybody to hop on? Is that 
whatever the whatever the crossfitters drink i guess yeah <laughs> no kidding right yeah I, I think it would get there i think just the just the sense of communities and i think it starts at the local level so yep. as- and and like what in the colin bryce uh listen that podcast he likes to build the characters you know so i need a uh, cj and, and uh um, nick to uh, not get injured and we need to just keep having this little the three of us finish them consistently towards the top Y'all let me win one next time, and <laughs> we'll go back and forth. We'll yeah. empty the rigby events. We'll still empty the rigby events, you know, each year. And then we'll yeah, let me let me let me let me pick the events in my favorite. <laughs> and then one of us has to go full heel. We'll start talking trash about the other. <laughs> that's but, that, but, it, but that's what I think part of it is building. You know, okay, well, in the nineties group, these are kind of the these are the top guys, and seeing us return every year, and and then um, you know have some people that pull for me or pull for Nick, pull for CJ, and and uh, build that sport, like just like any other sport. And like Colin was saying, it's kind of part of sport. Is you, you what do you, you, you um, not, Make something you want to brag too much, but like showboat a little bit and say, yeah, I'm the best, you know, but which is which is okay. Uh, excellent. I'm a very humble person by nature, and I like to give lots of credit to other guys. But um, so one one of the, of course, we're, we're kind of um, getting on with two ninety minutes, which is great we're, we're we're busting a lot a lot of information out um so in terms of getting started in strongman so prior to getting strong, started in strongman so I, I asked martins this um but in your opinion is starting in other disciplines better for strongman than just starting in strongman what, no i go ahead nick. sorry nick you go ahead you go first with like- with the goal of ending up in strongman yes oh so so so, for instance, Mark Martin said that he was a he was a wrestler and he played football, but wrestling yep. gave him that gave him that edge, gave him that kind of intensity that he needed to bring into the sport of strongman. So, like yep. other sports or other sports, or so you think you think they can get to a top level just weightlifting and focusing on strongman? Maybe like yeah, there's, I mean, there's a multitude of sports that would benefit you to do prior to strongman that will escalate that process a little bit faster when you come to it. Um, you know, I, I, my background is MMA. I fought uh, as far as almost a pro is MMA and CrossFit and obstacle course racing and a lot of different, just individual sports. Um, I think those all benefit me now. Um, not everybody's going to take that path, but if you wanted to do those things, it's not going to hurt you. It's only going to be a year or two or whatever time you invest in it. And if you enjoy it, that's fine. If, if you find that you want to go to strongman, then that's fine too. You know, there's, there's a lot of sports that will breed you into strongman and strength takes time. So if you can build a good base, again, my, my coaching motto is the wider the base, the taller the peak. So if you can build a good base through other modalities. And then eventually you find yourself back in strongman, you, you're going to thrive. You're going to grow. You're going to do well. Olympic lifting, you know, uh, CrossFit, fighting, um, anything like that. Yeah. But I agree, you know, with a lot of with what Nick's saying. But yeah, you have to, like I said earlier, you have to be honest with yourself is a big thing to learn too. So if you think, well, I'm going to go play some football because that, but your ultimate goal is I wanted to do strongman because that's what I'm really passionate about. You're probably not going to put 100% effort into the football, you know, so. You, you should just do what you're passionate about. And if you're passionate about strongman, then from the very beginning, I mean, you're going to grow and you're going to get better. But if you're going to stick yourself in wrestling or something, thinking that's going to make you a better strongman, that's I don't think that's going to work. I think you're going to you can't 
passion is the hardest. Passion is the one thing as a coach I can't give people. It's like you can motivate, you can teach discipline, but passion is like the pinnacle. It's the hardest thing to achieve. If you have passion, everything falls in place because you don't need discipline or motivation because you're going to go to the gym and do what you need to do because this is your life. You know? so, um, anyway, to be honest with yourself and just do what you're passionate about is my advice. Well said. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with a little bit of what Tyler said and a little bit of what Nick said. Um, I think, you know, I, I look back on my journey. Everyone's journey is completely different. Um, I think that a lot of the sports I did as a kid, you know, football, basketball, those kind of things definitely help coordination, overall athleticism, mobility, which are all very important things in strongman. Uh, that being said, though, if you're someone who's like, you know, you're, you're 20 years old, maybe you're in college, you're like, I want to be a strongman. I agree with Tyler's point of, yeah, you probably just want to dive in there. If that's where you think your passion is, um, then you should just dive into it and just, you know, work on the mobility, work on the fundamentals as you go. Um, for example, you know, I have, I have two younger brothers, uh, one's 18, one is 24. Um, the 24 year old had never played sports. He had never really lifted weights. Um, so his first real sport was strongman. Um, so with him, we did a lot of just building mobility. We did a lot of building basic, uh, power with a barbell, you know, strict press, push press, those kinds of things, um, that allowed him to compete in strongman while also improving, um, his, you know, his general coordination, um, and those other important attributes that it takes to be a good strongman competitor. Um, so I think it just depends where you are in your life journey. Obviously, if you're a 16 year old kid, I'm sorry, you don't know what the hell you want. Go play as many sports as you can. Mm-hmm. You like Martins, go wrestle. You know, if, if it was my kid, they'd be playing soccer, football, T-ball. They'd be doing all the sports. So they figured out, you know, what stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it just depends on where you are in your life journey. Right. Yeah. Well said, man. Well said. Um, all right, a couple more questions. Anybody have a, ever done a Max Turkish getup? That was one of your fan questions. Was how much? Uh, I was up. I did it with the. I did like the rogue style thing with the barbell. So not necessarily. I've done a two. What is it? A hundred and six pound kettlebell before, but I've done as high as one hundred eighty five pounds with a with a barbell. Mm, not too shabby. That's a pretty good one. And then uh, I'm googling what this looks like. I think I've done that with like a small child. Oh, you're looking like, it up. Like one of my kids. Yeah. So you start, you start from the ground, like lying down, you roll over. Oh, that thing. Oh, yeah. Hell no. Oh. Hell no. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Turkish, Turkish get ups are a regular part of my programming. It's off, uh, common in B loads or on comeback weeks and stuff like that. Um, I think it, it, I implement it often in my programming as well to other people. I think it's a definite functional movement, it builds a lot of stability and coordination to be able to do so. Uh, excellent. Um, well, no. so, I was like, go ahead, Tyler. Oh, I just said, I wouldn't doubt it. I think that, that probably have to have, that's, you got a lot of hip strength, much for those deadlifts. I think I feel, feel like that would be something that would be required to, to be able to move up off the floor with, I don't know, just it trying to visualize what muscles. It's a full body <laughs> movement. You use every part of your body in that one. That's why Nick probably has all those small core muscles when he takes off his shirt, all the, it looks like he has like a 12. I mean, Poor me, me and Tyler, for some reason, I'm 28. I still got like this dad bod going on. I don't know what the deal is. Don't even have kids. I just have like yeah. this just kind of flat stomach. I can have like muscles ripping everywhere, but I still don't have a six pack. <laughs> exactly. Ridiculous. <laughs> um, so let's, let's, let's stick with Tyler. Uh, so Tyler, where can people find, find you if they want to know more about you? Uh, um, I, I use Instagrams where I post most of my stuff. Uh, Mobtown Strongman, Tyler Davis, 
um, Alabama Hammer. <laughs> um, and I have uh, I have a strongman team, a uh, strong crew. You can see the the flag made a made an emblem here, and um, we have a kind of a support group where we. Uh, if we have resources, we can help each other out. Like if you got something coming up in a competition, you need a certain implement, you know, you got like a team of people. Oh yeah. I know a gym that has that. We help with that. When we go to competitions, we got to eat together and have a good time. Um, and uh, we share training advice, all that kind of stuff. So I, I'd, I'd encourage more people to make teams, just go make a cool looking logo and, and find a bunch of big group of friends that do this and, and form teams and have, uh, when we go to these competitions, have, have a team show up that represent their guild or their, you know, their strongman uh, family. And it's, it's a lot of fun. So I'd like to see more of that. But, I like the strong, yeah. the strongman teams. That's kind of like the, I like to call the guys up here, the, for Massachusetts, the mass monsters. So <laughs> yeah. Leading up Michael Connor, leading up the yeah. pack. Cause he's just I know, wise above. I know a good, uh, I know a good artist. If you need it, you need to make a, a cool looking logo and just go ahead and form your team, man. That's monster. <laughs> I like it. Um, how about you, Nicholas? Where can people find you and who do you want to plug? You want to plug anybody or plug? Anything? Uh, so um, I train alone up in the tip of the thumb in Michigan. So I, I as far as training around people, uh, it takes me a couple hours to get to most people to train with. Uh, we do have a, a group of us that are the, the, the strong men of the thumb, if you will, but we're kind of spread out. It's kind of funny, but we, we do the same thing like uh, Tyler saying, you know, hey, I need this piece of equipment, and just borrow and loan pieces of stuff, pieces of equipment. But I, I'm pretty secluded. Uh, you will see me I'm, I'm as Tyler is, too. And he, he didn't mention it, but uh, promoting trying to promote strongman competitions. We kind of both recently got into that. So we're both uh, enjoying that process and, and really doing some, I think, new new st- new style stuff that, that the sport will will thrive off of and, and grow off of. Um, uh, both of us have um, as far as Instagram goes, O'Hare next strongman. Um, trying to get to that thousand mark, you know, I'm, I'm not super cool and I don't know how to old, so I don't know how to make cool posts. Nick Myers just taught me how to make reels and I made a reel and in like three hours, I got like 400 likes on it. And I'm like, wow, this actually works. Reels um, all, the yeah, kids, all the kids I are on the reels these days. I, I didn't know what that was. So I, I learned mm-hmm. that, but, uh, uh, I'm trying to get better on my social media. Um, I'm on, you know, Facebook as well. Just my name, Nick O'Hare, um, is as far as plugs, you know, I got to give a shout out to a great performance coach, uh, Tyler Young, and uh, he, he, him competing this weekend, along with, uh, you know, Richard P is p- competing this weekend. So some uh, guys, some of my, my teammates from my coaching team um, are at it. Um, I got a shout out to a couple of my clients that I'm excited for uh, competing here shortly and at uh, nationals. And I'm, I'm really shooting, really hoping for a super heavyweight pro card. I think the guy has a ton of potential and his coming leaps and bounds and he's kind of a flying under the radar guy so uh, i'm looking forward to that stuff coming up with uh, some of those guys but um you know anybody wants anything as far as coaching goes um you guys kind of heard throughout the podcast what my thoughts are as far as recovery rehab my my angle is accessing power within what you already have i think a lot of people are much stronger than what they they realize they are now with because they're limited through mobility, limited through their body's ability and not knowing how to move properly. So I like to access that, that from, uh, from that standpoint. So I, I spend a lot of time with my clients doing that. Um, but just uh, appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. Thank you. Absolutely. And then Mr. CJ, where can people find you if they want to learn more? 
Yeah, well, uh, I'm CJPU90 on Instagram. Uh, I'm always willing to talk strongman. Um, if you have a question, you know, I'm always willing to answer. If you have criticism, I'm always willing to listen. Um, but otherwise, I also, uh, I do write a blog, um, Missing Biceps and Stone. I wrote an article about my bicep surgery and my recovery from it. Um, I've had a lot of people who have asked for that article. Um, so it's in my Instagram profile. Um, if you guys like reading, um, I try to post, you know, once a week, I really try to post. I love writing. Um, but yeah, you know, I got to give a shout to the guys I train with in Tucson at the Evolve Gym. Um, and yeah, just uh, thanks for having me on the show, man. It's been a ton of fun. It's good seeing Nick and Tyler again. Yeah. It's only been like 10 days. I already missed these dudes. <laughs> so yeah, it's been, it's been we got, and, on. And we have a good uh, 80s show to watch, right? 80s, Clash of the 80s. Yeah, who, Saturday, really so. quickly, who, who's, your, who's your winner? I'm picking Tommy. Um, you know, well, I'm I got, biased with the odd well, object shirt, right? Where, where I'm wearing, <laughs> but I'm picking Tommy. Well, my favorite is Jeremy Shell because that's my uh, I coach Jeremy Shell, and he's come a long way. Um, super proud of him. He he had a bicep uh, injury, and CJ, uh, I know I know CJ gave him some advice, and man, he's recovered super quick. Uh, but we we really babied it for a long time, you know. And after he got post sixteen weeks out, and then we finally you know start putting some heavy sandbags to shoulders, start picking up some heavy things again. Um, he'll do good on the car deadlift and the axle press. Uh, I didn't, we didn't get to work a whole lot of the stones because of the bicep, but um, he's my favorite. So, you know, he's, he's my guy. So I'm going to go with him. <laughs> All right. What do you guys think? Any, any, do you have any suggestions? Any guys we looked into it? So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at uh, Richard Panganaban. I'm looking at Tommy Lovell and I think CJ has got some potential, but man, that is one of the deepest clashes I've ever seen. If you look at those Europeans and the deadlift ability and, some of these guys that they have, I think there's going to, you're going to see a lot of point stealing. Um, with that being said, CJ Pierce, Luke Davies, and myself tomorrow night, we're doing a prediction show Ooh. that will be out prior to clash. Um, we actually just talked to Jim life and they're going to produce it for us. And we're going to get that out as soon as we can. So we're just doing a, like a fun little group of guys. We want to grow the sport. We want, we like to bullshit about strongman, talk about strongman. Uh-huh. So we want to do something and give back a little bit. Um, so yeah, yeah, we're doing a fun little prediction show where we'll talk a little more in depth on what we think is going to happen and what the outcome and maybe talk about the one Oh five stuff too. You know, of course I'm going to shoot for Tyler on that one, but you got some, you got some stud one Oh fives in there, Kirian, and, uh, you got, uh, Clayton. Clayton in there. And, um, I think Donaldson just joined the group too yeah. recently. So there'll, there'll be some studs there. So that'll be interesting to see that, that podium as well. I'm looking, oh. looking forward to Saturday strong, man. Hell yeah. That's going to be a, you think be that- a new day. Maybe the 80s will be doing a pre-show for us, you know. That's what we got to do. That's what I talked about, giving back. You know, we all have to work towards that. It just, it just, it just trickles down. So, um, so, guys, make sure to follow these guys in their next competition. So, we'll see Tyler at Ultimate Strongman October 7th in Paris. You'll see Tyler, myself, and Nick L at OSG. You'll see CJ, of course, Good luck in your in your wedding in November, and we'll see him in Jersey Clash. Let's see if he can re, he can gain a, a is that a Jersey Clash for a hundred five kilo spot or I'm gonna do one oh five because last year I didn't feel like I did very well, and this year I'm gonna do a little better. Oh wow! You, you, well, you heard it here. He's he's coming for the one oh fives. So I'm coming. I'm coming too. Not maybe to Jersey, but I might go to Nashville. But I'll be doing a one oh five clash here this too. Is, so this is, big, this is getting pretty excited. Everybody's coming up. Was, Everybody's changing I was changing up. To be in Nashville. 
I was supposed to be in Nashville in January, and I got one day COVID and couldn't make Nashville in January this year. So I was pretty disappointed. I had a really good package. Coming so you, into you, had, you had a one day COVID? Is that a cold? Is that? I, they, <laughs> I tested positive, but I felt fantastic the next day. Really? day so yeah. Wow. So well, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm staying at 90. I'm fat enough. So I'm, I'm just well, I'll stay at 90. I'm not gaining any weight. If I compete at 105, it's at the weight I'm walking around at. Well, th- those are your oh, boys, yeah. Tyler. You gotta, you gotta follow them so you guys can compete together, but don't forget oh, yeah. to like comment, subscribe, <laughs> notification bell. Of course, I'm going to have all these guys, Instagrams below. So make sure to check those pages out and CJ, you're, you're the champ. So you have the last word. Um, you know, wow, you're gonna be the last word. Uh, okay. So, you know, I just want to say thank you uh, to clash for the opportunity to compete. Um, obviously I'm, I'm always humbled by the guys I get to meet in the sport, uh, t- competing with Tyler, Nick, all those U nineties. It was just such a, such a pleasure and such an opportunity to be there. And so I'm just, I, I really feel thankful for the opportunity. Uh, I can't wait for next time I get to compete with these guys.